You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Aftermath Podcast. I am your host, Christopher Tenpenny, joined with my co-host, CJ Jones. CJ, how about them Chiefs? Victory Monday. Y'all always <laughs> feel better, don't they, Chris? Good oh, God. my gosh. Oh, God, yes. I'm not going to lie. I did not feel good going into that game. I, 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 did. I did. I'm not going to lie. I had a weird vibe. and I don't know if it was because of the hurricane. I don't know if it was because of how last week went down. I don't know what it was. All I know is that I need to knock it off because I forgot we have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and everything's all right. Got the best coaching staff in the league, man. They listen. They listen, Chris. Dude, it was crazy, and it wasn't even just crazy from like a, you know, this is the number one defense, this is what we see Mahomes do. It was crazy as just like everything that could go the Chiefs' way. Coming off of a week where everything that could go wrong went wrong, this week it was just like you get the opening fumble, you know, Sneed surprises Brady on a sack, you know, Mahomes is making Mahomes magic on on primetime again. It was just like everything that could go the Chiefs' way yesterday did, and they needed that big just from a confidence, from a national standpoint, however you want to look at it. Uh, I think any doubts that people had about the Chiefs after their loss to the Colts completely erased after this week. Absolutely. Everything that we talked about last week, they literally corrected like you said, it literally started off from the jump. Like we started off the game with a, a muff punt. Tampa Bay started off the game with a muff return on the kickoff. So it's like when that ju- when the good juices start flowing and everything starts going your way, they guys just kept rolling with the energy. And once good energy starts, they just kept going with it. So and they literally just fixed everything we wanted them to correct as far as their mistakes. They literally did that tenfold. So I'm super proud of this staff, super proud of the guys in the room for sticking to it. And shout out to the Bucks for a little bit of billboard material during. Oh the my week. So gosh, that, that, right. that never goes a bad way. So, <laughs> I can't believe that he did that. Uh, Shaq Barrett would even would even suggest that up and say something so ludicrous. Like, there's one thing to talk about something that may have some facts to it, you know, about hey, the Chiefs aren't as explosive. Hey, they're missing a big play. Yeah. Hey, they got a bunch of new guys that we don't aren't their running backs aren't as talented. Like, if he was kind of nudging at that stuff. I'd get it because at least there's some truth to those things. He said the offensive line was the same as the Super Bowl two years ago with five completely new starters. Like, what did you think was going to happen when you said those words? I guess he saw Wiley and just said, oh, it's the same group. So. Uh, right. <laughs> and, and Wiley was playing guard in that Super Bowl, right? Am I, like, <laughs> like, come on here, bro. Like, it was, it was crazy that they would give such a talented team and such a talented offensive line especially that kind of bulletin board material. And we saw it. I mean, that's the real reason the running backs had such a good day. I'm not going to like, it was fun watching uh, Pacheco go out and run hard. And Clyde had another good game, you know, three out of four really strong games for Clyde. Actually, he's been pretty solid in all four for the most part, but it all starts with the offensive line and they won their blocks. And you saw, you saw what happens. You know, the running backs aren't quite talented enough to be able to overcome bad offensive line play like we saw against the Colts. But these guys are talented enough to where you give them a little bit of a crease, they can fall forward, they can fight for that extra yard, they can take, you know, the 
those two yard gains for five, six yard gains. As long as those linemen are winning up front and they were doing it time after time again no, against right. the Buccaneers. And when you have a coach like Andy Reid, I think people forget he's an O-line coach first right, right. when the Hogs don't play well. So you could imagine how bad guys like Orlando, Joe, Creed, I mean, obviously like Trey and like Andrew felt after the game versus Indianapolis. Imagine how Andy felt and Coach uh, Coach Heck, the O-line coach, coming into this week saying, hey, not only did we play well, now you got your opponent even disrespecting you, saying you're, they don't see any mm-hmm. difference from – a game where we did I mean, four of those guys aren't even in the NFL anymore from that offensive line. So right. to have those guys disrespect you and then coming off a bad game, that was just, to me, that's why I was so excited about this week because being a former player, when guys disrespect you and you come off a bad game, that's when you really find out who really wants to play, who really wants to go out there and correct those mistakes because it should piss you off a little bit because not only did you not play well, you don't want to put bad stuff on film. Now you got your opponents thinking you're not good enough to win games. Like they thought they were going to have a coming out party against us. And not only did we run the football extremely well, these running backs who said, no, we, we've been kind of critiquing hard on this year. Mm-hmm. Averaged 4.8 yards per carry last night. Isaiah Pacheco averaged 5.7 yards per carry last night. And for what it's worth, we ran the ball 37 times. We passed the ball 37 times. Balance. That's what we've been screaming all camp, all offseason, really the past two years with Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid, we want this team to find balance. And if we truly have that now with a pissed off offensive line, the league needs needs, needs to be very, very scared of what we're going to do the rest of the year, Chris. Yeah, and I think I saw a stat where Creed Humphrey won 100% of his run and pass blocks. Like he that's, did. That's the same old line, huh? Huh, Shaq? <laughs> oh, same old line, huh? Oh, man. I think Joe Tooney was in the 90s on least run blocking. I don't remember his pass blocking grade, but like. <laughs> Trey Smith had a dirty block, not not actually dirty, like a a uh, impressive and just mean block throughout the game that's been circling on social media. I mean, oh, these guys just – Shout out to Trey. He just dropped his T-shirt too. Shout out to Trey. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, these guys were just getting after it, and it was fun. It, it was – Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, we preach balance. I'm, I don't want balance – early like I want them to sling the rock I want the run game to be a threat but I would much rather be like 70 30 early and then we look back and the numbers end up being even because they are running more to run out the clock exactly how this game more they were they were mixing in the run nicely you know first three quarters just enough and then fourth quarter they were able to pound the rock consistently and and keep that time of possession and end up running out so I think that's the best way of balance because again when you got Mahomes when you get Andy when you got Travis Kelsey you want to be slinging the rock more than handing it off. No, absolutely. And that's kind of the thing we've been asking this team to do is like, we want to be able to have a threat to run the football. And honestly, coming into this game, a lot of people thought we wouldn't, we wouldn't run the ball well, well at all, because looking at the stats, Tampa Bay has been the best run defense team, not only this year, but the last two years. So to come into this game, that's a team that's probably gave up. I think on average, I don't think they've given up more than 60 yards a game rushing. And for us to go in right. there and run for almost 200 yards, Against a team that's at home and they had all their guys playing, that you got to give the offensive line, offensive line, the game ball of the week for me because that was the that was the team that the unit we expected to show up and play better and to correct their mistakes. And when you come in there and you have guys like Clyde run for ninety two and Pacheco run for sixty three, Pat used his legs and I know you saw that play. Your guy Mahomes got a little spring in the step with a little speed option to the left. <laughs> He, he, he checked into that. <laughs> Mahomes said he checked into that too. That was not the play call. No, that's that was right. I believe it because we've never <laughs> seen him run that play. I was like, that's got to be Pat saying he wanted to do that. Right. I've been screaming that for the past two years to use Pat's legs because he's literally every big game he's been in in the playoffs. And that's kind of funny from a betting perspective. He always hits his over on his rushing yards. He always does. The team just assuming <laughs> that Pat is a statue and he can't move. But then again, last night Pat rushed for thirty-four yards. 
So, like, every right. time he wants to run forward and get a first down, he's very athletic and good enough to do it. And he did it in big moments on third down as well. So when you have that kind of balance and then obviously you have all the guys getting involved, Kelsey with 10 targets, Marquez with five, Juju with eight, Sky Moore with four. Finally got some Sky Moore action. Finally got some Sky Moore hey, action. Sky was, was, was shining on us that night. So, no, it, it was definitely um a good day and a good way for get everyone involved. All tight ends for a score. Best tight end room in the league. I've been trying to tell everyone that's his camp. So, it was just an overall good day, man. I don't know what more we can say. Right. And I like that Sky Moore was already getting praise from Collinsworth. Like, this was a guy that the, the nation is aware of, even if he hasn't gotten a lot of snaps exactly. up until last night. You know, they made the joke about the Sky Cam on Sky Moore <laughs> and compared him already to Julian Edelman, you know, those and those and Danny Amendola slot guys for the Patriots. So, like, there are some expectations for Sky Moore and to see him go out in the field, get a couple, get a couple targets, get a couple catches. That's good for his progression because we know McCall Hardman's still proving how hard this offense is to learn. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> so, uh, so young guys coming in and trying to learn this offense, you know, any any kind of progression is always a positive. Let's jump to the man that is now fifth all time in receiving yards by a touchdown, and we mentioned him a little early, but. Mahomes went to him early, went to him often, and Travis Kelsey again had himself a night. Nine catches, 92 yards, touchdown. Fifth all-time in receiving yards. I mean, what more is there even to say about Kelsey? I mean, he's been the model of consistency outside of his rookie year. I don't really think you can honestly critique anything he's done since he's got here. So it's crazy how fast fast how time has flown by, man. 2013 to 2022, man. It's just you look back at that. That young tight end who we first saw when he first got here, who was a little emotional at times, you know, he got a couple flags for us during some big games, or would obviously would have some some drop issues here and I there. Still love now, that version of Kelsey. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> to look at him now, he's the easily the best tight end tight end in the game. He's been that way for the past five six years. He's a guy that's on his way to be a Hall of Famer. Just passed, um, obviously, the record to be top five all time in receiving yards for tight ends, and he's on his way to continue to break those records and try to be in the top three someday as well. So. Yeah, honestly, all credit, Trav. I, I played tight end in school, so I always have a little soft spot for tight ends. I think it's the most important position outside the quarterback. But to see what he's doing and to see the way he's been so consistent and be available over these years, I'm just super proud. I'm, I'm super excited for this team and super happy he's on my team for sure. And he has a chance to pass Shannon Sharp, who's fourth on that list this season. Yeah, I Absolutely. think he needs about 60 yards a game-ish over the next mm-hmm. th- remaining 13 games to hit that. So health willing, I mean, it sounds – like he'd be able to hit that. But even if not, it'd be very early next year that he would move up fourth. And uh, you could tell in the press conference for those who missed that, it was a, it was a big deal to Travis that uh, that was a thing that he was aware of and wanted to do. You know, not that people are not going to know who Gronk is. Everyone knows who's, who's Gronk is. He's going to remain in history. Oh, yeah. But there's that almost little thing like, you know, we talk about the top five a lot, and whoever that sixth is kind of gets maybe forgotten or is an afterthought. So to get into that five and be one of those guys that we talk about is a big deal. It's nothing, something that we shouldn't take for granted. Something in Kansas City maybe we do a little bit because number one on that list is Tony Gonzalez. So very, <laughs> very blessed with the tight ends in Kansas City. But just wanted to talk about Trav and just the career he's had and just kind of – Man, the offense goes as Trav goes. When he has good games, the offense has good games. When he has so-so games, the offense has so-so games, even when you have Patrick Mahomes. So his production has been huge in the Andy Reid era. No, absolutely. He sets the tone for us offensively, and we knew that Mm -hmm. coming into the season, obviously losing the guy that we lost. And we're like, the offense goes through 87. When he goes, everyone else just kind of feeds off of that. So when you have guys like Marquez making plays down the field, 
Juju catching those tough, great passes, getting first down, Sky getting involved. And I think Sky's only going to grow so much more in his offense. I'm mm-hmm. so excited about his opportunities going forward. And obviously, you know, Miko's still going to have his opportunity to make plays because he's still just a special talent as far as his speed. You can't really replicate that. So I truly love this group. We have a whole bunch of different guys that can make plays. Justin Watson even got his shot down the field to make a play. We have a whole bunch of different body types and a whole bunch of different guys that can make plays for this offense. So it all it all starts and stops and ends with 87. So I'm super excited, super happy for him. And I'm sure if you ask him, he'll say, let's keep it going. So right. let's keep it rolling on, on the Raider week. So <laughs> Right. And I don't think we talked about talk, talking about this, but you brought it up. And so I do want to kind of explore this. McCole Hardman thing because I I know that he's a guy that you or been a fan of positive and I try have been tried to be positive and not to jump into you know the Twitter nonsense that goes on but I'm starting to get to that point to where I he just doesn't ever seem to know where he's supposed to be the way he runs and tracks balls the way he even catches like you know he does that little like double clutch thing where he'll catch it and then like readjust it in the air to catch it again. Double, you know what I'm talking about? Like all every little thing that he does is starting to irk me the the wrong way. And, <laughs> you know, I is it time to – when you have a wide receiver room that is kind of, depending on how you're looking at up and down, is it time still to move on to McCoy or are we kind of stuck with him just because of where the offense is right now? Oh, yeah. Like I said, he has a role in this offense. And it's kind of like expectation versus reality with McCoy. And unfortunately, he was put in a situation where – the expectations for him were high because of the situation we had going on with Tyreek Hill at the time with the suspension mm-hmm. and the unknown of if he was going to play or not. So that's why we had such high expectations for me, Cole. But over the years and what we've seen from him, you've kind of known what he is. Like he's a straight line speed guy. He's very special with the ball in his hands once he gets it in there because there's not too many people in this league that are faster than him. So when right. he gets the ball in the open field, he's definitely a hard guy to get on the ground. So, But overall, being like that complete receiver that we wanted, someone that could play Everywhere on, the, everywhere on the field and run every single route, catch the ball through traffic, take hits. That's just not the kind of guy he is. And I think we've kind of – mostly everyone's kind of like come to that realization like he's just a not a necessarily a gadget guy. I don't want to call him that. But he has, uh-huh. one, he has a couple of things he's really, really good at. He's good at straight line routes. So like deep over, yeah. low routes, like straight like, – like reverses. So it's just stuff where he has to use his speed and be in a straight line. That stuff he's really, really elite at. And a lot of guys in the league are, are, can't do that. Because you can't replicate that speed. But for what it is, I love Miko for our offense because when we do need a big play, I can go to him. And if people may realize this play, if you watch the film, I think it believes in the third quarter, there was a deep over route that he ran from the left side. He was wide open, but Pat was locked in on Watson because he saw the one on one and he wanted to go for the touchdown. Well, isn't, isn't that more alarming then? Yeah, I mean, you have this, that, you have this that, dude that, who's that, supposed that, to be the fifth, fifth wide receiver on your team who has just come in. And Mahomes is locked in on him one on one, while Hardman, who's been here forever, streaking across the middle of the field. Like I know Pat misses things and he's not perfect, but like that actually was alarming to me that Pat didn't even worry about they're gonna looking at McCole because he didn't he didn't think that it was worth looking at. No, that 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 could definitely be an option. He probably could have missed it or just not trusted McCole in that situation. So right, but so that, like those type of guys, those type of routes in those situations, you need guys like McCole. I know everyone's frustrated, and mm-hmm. it goes back to the conversation of expectation. But when you have that kind of speed, McCole dictates coverage for how fast he is because you have to watch him. Because if he just runs across the field twice, like all right, Pat may miss that once. If you do that again during the next drive or the next game, I guarantee that'll be a touchdown next right. week for McCole Hardman. So. I know the expectation of what we wanted me Cole to be. Trust me, I was frustrated more than anyone in the kingdom because I had those kind of expectations for him coming into this season. But I've kind of come to that point. Like, we know who Mikola is. I kind of came to this point last year as well. Like, we know what he is, what he can and cannot do, what his strengths and weaknesses are. We just have to move forward and appreciate him for what he is. He's a great great perma turner. 
I do believe he'll make an impact in that role before the year is up. He's been all pro at that before. He's a guy that when he gets the ball in his hands, he's very, very fast. And a lot of people can't catch him. And he dictates coverage when he's running across the field. So I'm proud of me, Cole, for trying to, you know, do his best and work hard. I try to stay positive. But at the end of the day, like you said, there's just certain situations where you just can't get away from. And obviously it's, yeah. it's kind of frustrating at times. But if he helps the team and obviously don't be a distraction, just be happy and be happy with your role, make an impact in your role. That's good enough for me. And we'll move forward. So. Yeah, no, more on the positive things. I mean, missing McColl did lead to, I'm pretty sure that was the same drive that led to the Mahomes magic where he looked like he was doing a spin, step back, jumper to to Clyde in the end zone, man. What? We don't need to spend too much on Mahomes because there's we would be here all day, but like, is there any surprise what this man does, on, especially yeah. when it seems like the doubters are the loudest? I don't get why you even doubt him. Like everything they said, <laughs> oh, he can't do it without, he can't do it without Tyreek Hill. He can't read defenses. He can't get the ball out of his hands. He can't get off his first read. He can't take the check downs. He just wants to go for the big play. Everything they said he couldn't do, he's done it plenty full this whole entire season. Starting from week one of Arizona, and it just continued to show that trend last night in Tampa Bay. Everything that I've told people he's going to fix and correct, he clearly did it. Him and Andy and Bienemy went to work. I'm so proud of this staff. I'm so proud of Pat. Just taking the easy money plays. And when we do that kind of stuff, Chris, we're going to be hard to beat. I'm just not going to lie. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Mahomes was Mahomes was magic. How about old Matt Wright too? Going what four for five for five on extra points? What happened and when a couple we did him and Amendola try out? Where was he at? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. No kidding. I, I don't know, but he may have been. There were like seven guys at that tryout, so I right, may have been one of them. But uh, that's all I ask. He hit a forty-four yarder. If he would have missed that forty-four yarder, that's around the range where I'm not going to be too upset as a backup kicker. You have to make anything 40 and less, and he did that, and then he gave me the added bonus of draining the 44. So, like, if he can keep doing that week in and week out, Bucker, take your time, man. I mean, I love that Bucker can come in and kick a 57-yarder for us if we need to, but just having a consistent guy for the time being while he's hurt that can hit 45 and less, I'll take it right now. I'll take it. Exactly. When you have a kicker like that that just does the basics, making the extra points, making like right. you said, the layup kicks, like the 30 to 20 yarders. That's what you want. And honestly, if we would have had him last week, we'd be right. sitting what here. One. What a one. What a one. I don't know right now. So I would be sitting there. <laughs> so you can't get you can't get too mad about the situation. Three and one is good, but we definitely would like to be four and no. You don't like to take losses in the AFC. But uh right. honestly, yeah, when you have a kicker like that, they can just go out there and do what's required of them, kick the ball at the back of the end zone and make your extra points. It just makes you that much more confident as a coach, knowing that, hey, I know I have a kicker. If we don't get a first down, I know he can go out there and do his job. So, no, shout and out to him. I appreciate that. And you know what? I know we're kind of skipping over the defense here because we're talking about everything else, but, like, I almost like having a kicker that has limitations because, you know, I think with Butker, you know, it's really easy to be on fourth and three from the 40, you know, be like, okay, Butker, just go drill this 56 yarder. Let's get three on the board. When you have a kicker that can't do that, it forces Andy to be like, all right, Mahomes, there's no worry about yeah, punting yeah. here. Let's it, go it for it. Let's everything. keep going. Point. So it almost is like, is it helping the chiefs to an extent to have a guy with limited range? Like would the chiefs be better with a guy like Ryan Suckup, who the bucks really don't ask to kick, you know, 50 yarders unless they absolutely have to, or is it more of, you know, beneficial to have Butker to where like you can, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say, though. It's like a weird, weird thing to where actually having a limited kicker forces Andy to keep the offense on the field, which in the long run could be better for this offense. No, absolutely. When you have a kicker like that who's really good at kicking, it makes you kind of like, like you said, dictate your your game plan, maybe switch it up a bit. Because when you think right. of the the big leg kickers in the league, like the guys like Harrison Butker 
and obviously like the Justin Tucker, some of the best guys in the league, they can make longer kicks. And right. when you do that, it kind of like say we don't have to be so aggressive because once they get to the 50, they're pretty much <laughs> or get to the 40, they're pretty much in range. So right, right. <laughs> if you have a kicker that doesn't have that strong of a leg, it makes you be a little more aggressive, but you want to make sure you get them into that 30 and into that 40 range. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm just glad that we had a kicker that made his kicks last night, Chris, because we That's all true. saw how sure. tough the special teams played last week. So right, yeah, right. Another week of rest for Harrison Butker. Hey. If he keeps kicking like that, Chris, you can tell Harry to sit one more week. Get ready for Buffalo week. <laughs> exactly. <kicks> like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, we'll just touch on the defense real quick. I thought they were solid. I thought Spags really didn't have to give away much because the Chiefs were so early. It's really hard to gauge the defense overall. Yeah, you just with the lead the whole game. The yeah. whole time. Like, and even, even you know, Mike Evans had a day, but some of that was just Mike Evans. Like, I didn't think Watson, Jalen Watson had. Famer, had yeah. <laughs> I thought Sneed did a really – Sneed was really the only guy that really stood out. I thought, you know, Nick struggled a little bit at times. I thought um, some other guys were just – but it was, again, it was hard to tell, like, is that just what they were trying to play to make sure I, that – I think for you, too, about Sneed. Ooh, after yeah. What, what we've, after what we've seen the first four weeks of the season – is it fair to say he's probably the best slot or one of the best, if not the best slot corners in the league? That's two oh, times yeah. this year he's forced a turnover on slot blitzes now. Yeah, and, and, and he's a pick on the year as well. No, Sneed is already – he's a top 15 corner in this league overall, um, regardless of his position. And and maybe he's not as good as the coverage, on, even though they did put him on an island with Evans a couple times after and he, he won. Yep, he and won he won. Um, but, like, just – He's the best tackling corner in football. Best, uh, you know, we'll just say best Physicality, tackling man. secondary player. You know, I don't care if you're safety. You know, Jamal Adams. I know he's out, but like he's a great tackler or he's a great hitter for for the Seattle Seahawks. And there's other guys like that, but I don't know if there's a better just form tackler at the DB position. You honestly, don't than see Jerry Sneed. No, that's that's a fact. Every time that Spag sends him. On that slot corner blitz, essentially, it's either going to get a sack or he gets the turnover. Or in great situations, as most defensive coaches would coach you up in this situation, you want the turnover and you want the sack. So not right. only is he getting home, he's getting these turnovers, man. So if you make those game-changing plays as a right. DB, on top of the fact he can cover your best corner or cover your best receiver or your best tight end, he's easily becoming like – before the season, I thought he was probably like the fourth the fifth most important person on this team, he's he's creeping up. He's creeping up to that top three. It's still the you know the holy trinity. It's it's still Pat, it's still Trav, Chris Jones. But there's an argument to be said about how important Sneed is to this team when we start talking contract extension. So he's only proving his resume and his bank account is going to be very full when it's time when it's time for him to get paid. Well, I, we don't have to talk about this now, but I don't. I think there's a good chance Jones isn't back next year, and I, that almost forces the Chiefs to have to pay Sneed. And I think that they will. I think instead of letting Snead go, I think that he will be a guy that gets paid this offseason. But we can talk about that a little bit more deeper into the season. Uh, but yeah, he's the second most important player on defense. You know, and depending on the team you're playing, he might be the most important just because you do you do expect him to cover the slot, sometimes cover the number one, and come in on blitzes. I mean, he's asked to do a lot. He does them all well. Um, again, he he may not be a top fifteen cover corner. But because of all the other things he can do, he's a top 15 corner in the National Football League. That's it's, a fact. Not too many weaknesses in Sneed's game. Exactly. Man. Exactly. So, the, yeah, and defense was fine. Um, it was nice. You know, Carl to see a play, made a play in the back. But he's still been getting pressures. I think he's had he has 10 on the year, which is second on the team. So, that's, that first sack's coming. But it does lead to question, who's been your favorite rookie? We've talked a little about Sky today. We've talked a little bit about Carl Loftus. Who's been the rookie that you've been most impressed with? This season, obviously, so we had high expectations for all of them. But out of the ones that have been were put in the fire, 
and required to play at a big time level. It's got to be Jalen Watson. And I know obviously people will say, well, he got a lot of catches put on his head last night. When you're going against a future Hall of Famer like Mike Evans, you can't really expect too much out of a guy. So, and honestly, a lot of those catches that Mike Evans made, he was in position right there on top of the catches, just like you just said earlier, that's Mike Evans being Mike Evans. So to be put in that position as a guy that was a late round pick, a seventh round rookie, and to go out there and start and ask to go out there and play not only some minutes, but to play big minutes, he held his own from, from what I saw. And I'm super mm-hmm. proud of him for what he's done from game one up till now. And it's only going to see him get better when we get guys like McDuffie back. You know, Josh Williams gets involved in the rotation as well. It's going to make his job a little easier because it's not going to be as many reps on his on his body and on his mental on his mental. But what he's done this year, I'm super proud of Jalen. I hope he keeps going and improving for sure. Yeah, if you go off just strictly draft spot, what what Watson and what Pacheco have been able to do as seventh round draft picks kind of gives them that edge, I think, a little bit. But for me, it's still Karloftis. I mean, obviously, he had the expectations as being a first round pick comes. But he's lived up to it. I mean, he, we talked about the motor. That was the thing everyone said. You know, this guy's motor, got a motor. motor. He's never – and, man, is that true. I mean, that, that tackle for loss he had against the Bucks last night was just a straight – he read the guard, pulling, went right down the line, and tackled Fournette immediately in the backfield, which is not as easy as it sounds. Fournette is a hard running back to be chasing down like that to bring down. And so – and he does – he has a play like that every week. So I, I know he doesn't have a sack, and I know that you know we like to see those those big flashy numbers, but he has done every. He's even dropped back in coverage and been okay. You know, you know how those defenses do where they drop those DNs back. I, I'm not always a fan of it, but Carlotta's hasn't been as big of a liability in those few instances of games he's asked to do that. So like, I just like the way he plays. He jumps off the table, and you know, granted, if you're taking again, if you're taking draft pick into consideration. Pacheco and Watson, the seventh rounders. I mean, those guys don't even make the teams, and these guys are making con- contributions every week. But just from a strict, here's your rookie pool, I still think it's Karloftis for me because that dude no, just absolutely. doesn't quit. An, an honorable mention would probably be a guy, uh, Brian Cook, who got 47 snaps last night, 70%, 73% of the snaps on defense. So that's right. a guy that we've been wondering is when is he going to – I know a lot of people were kind of hard on him after the uh, Thursday night game versus the Chargers when he made a couple mistakes in special teams. And they were saying, when's he going to get snaps? And me and you talked about it last week on our last episode that this may be the week he gets involved with Willie Gay not being there. So a lot of guys are going to have to share that responsibility as far as like Harris being in there, Brian Cook getting his snaps as well. We didn't see too much of Leo Chanel. Yes, he didn't play at all. I got four snaps overall. So didn't really see too much of him yesterday. So uh, I'm super proud of Brian Cook for going there and playing. He actually played more than I thought he did. 47 snaps is a lot. I didn't think he played that much. because I know he made a great play in the back of the end zone to break up that catch from the tight end. That was a good play for him. So the more he gets involved, the more his confidence grows. We know how Spags is going to be towards the end of the year. He loved using those three safety looks. So the more reps Cook gets now and the more comfortable he gets in his defense, it's only going to make us better towards the end of the year. So super proud of him as well. And definitely shout out to him for making plays. Absolutely. The big reason for that too, why is because uh, the Chiefs played with the lead the whole time. We know Chanel is not a – pass coverage guy and so the and the Bucks ran it only six times a few times a team has ever rushed the ball in a single game so that it was a big reason why Chanel what didn't play I then I think we saw more of a run with Cook had it been reversed you know and the Bucks got out to lead and maybe we would have seen more Chanel but yeah this rookie class those second rounders you know Cook and more has shown some flashes but have had limited playing time so those are the guys I'm probably keeping my eye on the most as we get into the second quarter of the season absolutely it's only up from here. Right. <laughs> I right. more season is upon us, Chris. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, we got we got to talk about next week's game then. We're playing the Raiders, the Raiders. on Monday Night Football. 
we're I'm oh we're I I've, we've missed our last two dollars. as far as talking about expectations. We after nailing the first two weeks, we've completely whiffed on the last two weeks as far as predictions going. I know, right? <laughs> I still think it's going to be a blowout against the Raiders. I just I. Chiefs win in every category. They have the better coach. They have the better quarterback. You know, they have the better defense. They have the better playmakers on defense. Like they're at home, prime time. <laughs> I think it could be like a 35 to 20 kind of game. I don't know. That's my score prediction, but like I just don't see the Raiders. The Raiders are a decent team. They're, they, they've they lost, they're one and three, but their three losses are all one score. I still think it's just a route, man. What what do you see when you see this Raiders Chiefs matchup? The spread is at seven and a half right now. And granted, a lot of teams are dealing with injuries across the AFC West. I'm sure everyone has seen all the news that's been coming out today with a lot of guys going down. So um, the way the Raiders have been playing the first three weeks, I think that seven and a half, it honestly may go up. <laughs> I could see it going right. up to like nine and a half before kickoff, maybe even 10. Um, but yeah, honestly, yeah, I, I, I think the Chiefs definitely hit. I would take the over for sure. It's at 51 right now. I definitely could see the Chiefs going out there, going out there and putting up a nice 37, 38 piece for the for the offense for sure. And then obviously we know the Raiders can score because they have they have some good receivers they can get the ball to as well. But I definitely if it stays at this seven and a half, I definitely think the Chiefs cover. I would say my score prediction would be 38-21 Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs cover for sure and take the over. Yeah, and you say they have receivers. I mean, they have Waller, which is an issue, especially with no Willie Gay. Um, yeah, for sure. Devontae and then Adams. obviously Devontae Adams is the top two receiver. Renfro, in, in I believe it's in concussion protocol. So we'll check right. on that this week. So his – so like – and Josh Jacobs has looked really good, and they've been oh, yeah, using him a lot. Yeah, yeah, his usage is well. way up. McDaniel's like there's, – there's definitely some things on the Raiders' offense that could pose an issue. You know, I, I think there, there's a lot of different options there. I just don't think the Raiders' defense, outside of Max Crosby, I mean, who puts fear into you to make a play on that Raiders' defense? No, that's a fact. I haven't heard too much of Chandler Jones' name this year so far, man. <laughs> and Wiley actually always does well against Crosby really because does. they went to the same college. They're buddies. They're Michigan. There's that extra, like, I don't think we talk about that extra, like, you know, factor. We think Wiley is like a middle to below average right tackle, but when he goes up against Crosby, he, he well. actually does a good job because there's that extra motivation you know to to prove that you're you're not gonna let your buddy get by you so he always you know Crosby never has great games against the Chiefs typically so you you take him out the Chiefs might just move up and down the field and it doesn't matter if Devontae has a good day or if, if Jacobs has a good day and the Chiefs win you know 38 to 31 or something like that I don't you play with a lead man that offensive line has to turn and start running because now you know you're going to be pass pro sitting the rest of the game so Getting the lead on the road in Arrowhead, that's that's a scary sight for we know how Derek Carr has had his struggles with hearing and dealing right. with crowd noise in Arrowhead in Kansas City. So you play with a lead with that with that defense and the way our D line's been humming this year, that, that's a scary sight for sure. And their O line's already hasn't been the best. And they're letting guys go and cutting guys in training camp, first round picks, and they're struggling to protect Derek Carr and Derek Carr's misreads at times. And obviously we know they they ran the ball effectively last week. I know which was good for them to see. But overall, like you said, when when those guys get down and our crowd gets behind them and the pass rush gets going. It's, it's, it's a tough team to beat when they're at home, man. So, right. Yeah. I just, I, the Raiders are better than their record and they have some solid guys and did oh, some yeah. solid things. Did some solid things against the Broncos. Um, that, I mean, again, Josh Jacobs looked incredible against the Broncos who, and they Broncos have a good defense, probably a better defense than the chiefs. So like there are, there is some things that, you know, we could sit here and analyze and talk about, but, 
at the end of the day, the biggest mismatch is the Raiders defense and coaches against the Chiefs offense and coaches. And it's like, I just, I don't even think the Chiefs have to be overly creative because I don't think there has, there's the, they don't have the personnel to stop this group. So I expect a route, man. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going 35, 20. 35, 20. All right. Low, low, three points under me. So we'll see who so, we both took the over and we both took the spread. So. Yeah. Take the over, take the spread. We're two and two on the year collectively because we're always on the we seem to agree I mean, our score predictions side, may be a little different but we're always on the same side of spread <laughs> and cover and we're two and two on the year the chiefs freaking covered the the spread themselves last the <laughs> last, <boy>. week, or <laughs> last week the there was it was 38 right and the yep. chiefs scored 41 oh my <laughs> goodness but now it'll be a fun game it's you know it's raider week it's always fun it's always it's always good to get after a divisional opponent and hopefully we're talking about a four and one chiefs team next tuesday i don't think you have to be too worried about a team that's coming home to a pumped up pissed off chiefs kingdom on a monday night so and it's october so you know what happens when october rolls around so guys get a yeah the Royals aren't playing anymore Oh, yo, yeah. You gotta play that, Chris. You gotta take shots, man. Shout out to Paul. Oh, man. So, you gotta uh, take shots, like, take shots man. Chris, that, that, that was hey, get that bad mojo yeah, out of that parking lot. Like all right. Me being one of them. Don't disrespect my baseball team. Uh, I, already said, all right? uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone here has been tortured more by the Royals than me. Hey, so. hey we, got, we, got one, we got one bad cat out the building. Black cat uh-huh. out the building. We, got, we did something right. All right. Uh-huh. Boris gone. So, don't get mad at me. We're doing something right, Chris. But we'll we'll be keeping it strictly to football. We won't bring that bad mojo around here. Good energy, guys. Good, good energy. energy. Good energy. CJ, where can the good people find you, my man? You guys can definitely find me on Twitter at CGZ81. That's C-J-E-E-Z-Y-81. I'm always down if you want to talk film, talk bets, fantasy. Everything is good. I'm definitely going to work on some T-shirts. I have some things in the work. I'm going to do my best to get those out soon. Very, very soon, I promise. You. I love it. I love it. Are you going to be at Arrowhead this week since you're I at will, every game? I will be there Monday oh, night. Of I'll course you're going to be. Were you in Tampa? Yeah, I, I didn't go to Tampa, unfortunately. <laughs> I, wanted I had to, to. ask. I, I, I had to ask after being at the Chargers game, being at the Colts game. <laughs> I wanted to, man. Uh, they were moving to Minnesota. I was actually going to make that drive. I know. I know. You were... I was like, man, do I want to go to Florida in the middle of a hurricane? I'm like, nah, I'm okay. I'm oh, gonna... man. What a, what a life, CJ. I love it. I love it, man. No, so. man I'll be there, man. I'm, I'm super excited <laughs> to see the fans. I'm super excited to get out there. People have been hitting me up this week for tickets, so. I'm super excited this year, man. I, I'm super It'll excited be a good week. I can't wait. Raider week is always fun. Raider, Raider week, week is always, always fun. Always. It's always fun. And then for me, you can also find me on Twitter at 10penny8. Love talking football. Love the interactions with you guys. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Other than that, let's we'll talk to you guys next week. How about those Chiefs?